passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Time now for the Six Rings Post Game Show. Breaking down everything Patriots with Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Hart. The Six Rings Post Game Show is co-sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit ZUDY.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro, where recovery is possible. By your local New England Kubota tractor dealers. By Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com. By Catches Law Group, the personal injury pros at catcheslaw.com. And by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Ladies and gentlemen, if there are indeed any fans of Patriot Nation that are able to remain ladies and gentlemen right now, welcome in to the six-game post-game, six-rings post-game show here on WEEI. I'm Andy Hart, and we just witnessed one of the ugliest, at times exciting, and in the end, most disappointing losses you will ever see for a Bill Belichick-coached Patriots team for your New England Patriots. They lose on the final play of the afternoon at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Raider and former Patriot Chandler Jones returns an interception on a Jacoby Myers uh, lateral pass on one of those end-of-game scrambled plays. The game was tied at 24, looked like it would go into overtime. Patriots had played Better football over the second half to come back from a 17-3 halftime deficit. But in the end, there were no flags on the play. And Chandler Jones, Josh McDaniels, and the Las Vegas Raiders prevailed in one of the most unpredictable, unexpected, crazy fashions you will ever see in a football game. As I said, I'm Andy Hart. No Nick Fitz C. Stevens tonight. He was live in Las Vegas. We will hear from him later. Joining me alongside here in the WEEI studios is Kyrie Thompson from WEEI.com. 617-779-7937. Call in now because I know there has to be endless energy, disappointment, and dare I say anger in Patriot Nation tonight because... That was an ugly-ass football game, Kyrie, especially the first half. You did your best to climb out of the hole, but in the first half, that is one of the more sloppy football games you will ever see from the New England Patriots in the Bill Belichick era. They sucked, in my opinion, in all three phases. It was inverse complementary football or whatever the hell you <laughs> want to call it. It was a suck-fest on offense, a suck-fest, excuse me, suck-fest on offense for everybody not named Ramondre Stevenson, suck-fest on defense, and suck-fest in the kicking game with a blocked punt. That was an embarrassing performance that they had a chance to win. And then I think probably appropriately, they gave it away in the end because they probably didn't deserve to win the game. Although, 
We can talk about it as the next three hours go on. I'm not sure the Raiders deserve to win that no. football game either. No. And you know what? You, you brought up that this was one of the sloppiest halves of football that the Patriots have played. Well, they didn't do a whole lot better last week. That, that's the thing about it. Right? right. They were they were terrible against the Cardinals in the first half. They looked like they had no interest in winning that football game. And then they come out and basically come out flat once again in the first half. They climb back into it in the second half, take the lead late, and you're just like, look, there it is. They they apparently they're they're the second half team and they just they make the plays when they need to make them. Then you have the touchdown that stood that a lot of us think probably shouldn't have stood but probably wasn't clear and definitive enough to overturn because the camera angles are terrible but the lasting image of this game is going to be Chandler Jones turning Mac Jones into a chalk outline at around the 40 yard line and running that all the way back I just I still just don't even know how to process what in the world just happened right there I mean think think about that we were, we were talking about it right before the play is about to happen, okay? Mac Jones probably can't get that ball to the end zone. Correct. From, you know, the, the opposite 40-yard line. So you're probably looking at some kind of lateral play, right? Right. 24-24, three seconds left. They run what starts out as a draw as to a draw. Ramondre Stevenson. And you're like, okay, well, let's see if Ramondre can get it all the way to the end zone. And then, you're like, okay, this converted into a lateral play midway through. And just, you, you expect better from Jacoby Myers, man. I mean, I, I get it. You're trying to win and all that, but but the game's tied. Right. The game is tied. Go to overtime. Don't blindly throw it back that way towards Mac Jones, who is 20 yards behind you. I just... Yeah, that was... Wow. Um, that's an inexplicable wow. ending. And, wow. you know, in the wow. old days, they had ESPN Classic, and they would call something like this... An instant classic. I, I don't think that's I never, something you want to call never a classic. Wanna, I don't want to watch this game again. That of was course, in, I'm going to watch it on the, on the way home, probably. But I do not want to have to watch this football game. Live no, in no, real time, no. it was a debacle. And I would continue to say, for both football teams, this was another game that the Raiders, who are already historically bad in blowing leads, four games with double-digit leads in the second half, they've blown first team in NFL history, they were well on their way to blowing another one. Then, as you mentioned, controversial replay in the corner of the end zone. Would-be touchdown reviewed. I think he's probably out of bounds, but yeah. I can't prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Clear and obvious and, with the camera angles they provided. Right, because we're looking at it, and it's like, okay, that toe looks like it's on the white. It it does, but you don't see the the, the white chalk nope. and come up the way everybody expects it to be or, or really just straight up oh my goodness yeah that toe is a hundred percent over the line because you don't have the straight down the line right view which i don't understand how you don't have this will be a bill belichick how do we still not have all the camera angles because both camera angles provided certainly to the viewer on fox and i'm guessing to the replay review center were basically 45 degree angles one from the upper sort of end zone view and then one from the field view low angle neither can you look down the the sideline and tell definitively is the foot in is the foot out so the play stood as called game tied at 24 but there were really remarkable ups and downs throughout the second half of that football game the Raiders had an opportunity where it looked like they were potentially going to throw a bomb touchdown to Devontae Adams when the pass was broken up by Darren Waller, his tight end teammate. They had another bomb to Mac Hollins down the middle of the field. And which Derek, Derek Carr just threw it badly. Poor throw. He has to kind of fall back to the inside if it's the outside. 
There were just ups and downs all over the football field. 617-779-7937. This is the Six Rings postgame show. I give you the number because I want you to call because I want to feel your passion. It will be busy. I can tell you that right now because the lines are already locked and loaded. 37937 if you want to join the text line and you're other than that one person from the 413 who likes to say Andy Hart sucks at the beginning of every broadcast that I'm on. Thanks for listening every time I'm on. Appreciate you, my brother. Uh, but I want to start right out because I want to I want to chum the waters of a reactionary postgame show from our listeners. And our first, let's go right top of the list. Line one, Jay in North Carolina. What do you think about the latest, most painful Patriots loss? Hey, look, I'll tell you one thing. Mac Jones is the franchise of the quarter of the of the Patriots. That's the that's the bottom line. And if you don't, if you can't protect him, you're not going anywhere. And, and, I, and I, I'm still grousing about that Vikings game in which Hunter Henry broke the plane. But that's another story. <laughs> the, the, the Patriots are getting crapped on. I have to watch my language here. Thank you. But the thing is. The uh, you've got to protect Mac Jones, and if if an Arizona Cardinals can break in on the defense, and the Raiders can break in on the defense, you got a problem. Yes, the Patriots have a number of problems. Thank you, Jay, for the call, and I think we are going to spend the next two and a half hours. We will be here till ten p.m. six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven six rings post game show, probably trying to break down and do the the autopsy on this loss yes. and figure out where we want to rank the blame for this loss because there is plenty to go around from oh, yeah. the sideline I just to the want, field. Yeah, except except uh, no Ramondre Stevenson hate will be, will be had Hell here. no. Hell no. He is pretty much one of the few that is beyond hate. Maybe Kyle Duggar because Kyle Duggar, I thought, made the play that jump-started yeah. the, the chain of events. I thought in a singular play he jumped a quick Derek Carr throw on the on the line of scrimmage to Devontae Adams, picked it, 13 yards, touchdown. I thought simultaneously early in the third quarter, he injected life into a lifeless Patriots team. There's two weeks in a row he's done this now. Game, Abs- game-changing plays. Absolutely. Right, because that was in the balance, and then all of a sudden they take the lead on that on that uh, strip fumble that he had on, on DeAndre Hopkins, but and yeah. Not right. only did they, did he inject life into his team, I think it was a here-we-go-again moment for Carr, Adams, Josh McDaniels, like and it. the Raiders. Because this is what they do. They kick away leads in the second half. They find ways to lose. And this was a game where they were facing a team in Mac Jones and the New England Patriots that how many times have we heard is not built to come back, can't come back. Fourth yep. quarter, he's had opportunities. It's come up short. It's looked ugly. Their execution has been ugly. Mm-hmm. And never has there been uglier execution than that end of game lateral play that ends with a does, does that go down as a I don't even know what that scored a fumble is that a I, I lateral that, must be a fumble yeah it must be fumble a, return for a, a touchdown for Chandler Jones because it, it can't be an interception no because it's not a forward even though pass, it, yeah. he intercepted the ball yes, in the exactly. air yeah no so so I think that that goes down as a fumble and I I keep going back to it I've covered this team since two thousand that is one of the more remarkable games. I've ever seen. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. No, 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 no. You lose instead of going to eight and six and being very much in the hunt in the AFC, you drop to seven and seven with three of your more difficult games in the final month plus remaining on the schedule. Yeah. The winnable game, you just gave away. And no mistake, I believe you gave that game away. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could have, should have, would have. They literally gave it away right there at the end. Absolutely. They they, they could have gone to overtime and they said, no, actually, I think we want you to win this game. So that's what happened. If and when the New England Patriots are bounced from the postseason picture, because it's not a guarantee, you're still in it. Everybody's still in it. Hell, the Raiders are in it. The Jaguars are in it. There's plenty of teams that are in it. If and when you were bounced this night in Las Vegas and another night at Gillette Stadium against yep. your Chicago that, Bears that's, that's the one are I the reasons that if you were really flexible, you would kick yourself in the forehead. Because this team may not be worthy of the postseason, but guess what? The way this season has played out, they probably should have been in. They should have beat the Bears. They're a three-flipping win team that was eliminated from the postseason like, I don't know, a month ago. The same time the Texans basically were. They're in that world. And now the Raiders that can't close games against anybody just closed games against you. And I have to listen to Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long at halftime on Fox, who apparently haven't watched the Patriots yeah, in like Yeah, I saw, five I saw years. your tweet about like, that. Like, what do we do? They were sloppy in the red zone. That's unlike a Bill Belichick team. No, 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 no. That's very yeah. much like the current Bill Belichick team. And, that's who they are. And I think that's the thing that people are having, at least in terms of national media, are having a hard time adjusting to somehow is that wow this is this is really unlike the Patriots and, and you know th- this whole thing doesn't look anything like what the Patriots are it's like I don't know we've been seeing this all year it looks a whole lot like the team that we've gotten accustomed to definitely and it's a losing team that's now seven and seven and could be seeing its playoff desires fading fast six one seven I, th- I think it's it. s- oh it is I think it's a seven seven nine seven ninety three seven this is the six rings post game show here with you up until ten o'clock we'll hear from Bill Belichick Mac Jones all your calls that's up next as we all we all get depressed together. The exclusive home for Patriots Monday and Friday. W-E-E-I. 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 New England Sports Original. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Back to the Six Rings post game show on WEEI. Back here on a crazy night of football in Las Vegas that ends with a Patriots 30 to 24 loss to the Raiders to fall to 7 and 7 on the season. This is the Six Rings post game show breaking down. Every painful, dismal, and annoying aspect of this loss. The game was tied at 24 with three seconds to go in regulation. It appeared destined for overtime when the Patriots ran a draw play to Ramondre Stevenson that turned into your classic end-of-game lateral play. But it was anything but classic when Jacoby Myers threw the ball 
back across the field, I believe, to Mac Jones. It was... Yeah, it looked like it was intended for Mac Jones, but it was nowhere near him, and it was right It was Chandler hauled Jones. in by another Jones on the field. Chandler, former Patriot, returned the ball for the touchdown. This came after the Raiders had tied the game on a controversial touchdown 30-yarder in the corner of the end zone that was reviewed, and the play stood. It was not confirmed. It stood, and I know there's going to be a lot of debates. I've seen some tweets about photos that show certain things out there, but the reality is, in my opinion, while I think he may have been out of bounds, there was no clear and obvious video footage to prove it for the replay official, so the touchdown stood. The Raiders win. Josh McDaniels wins, avoids another second-half blown lead of double digits. Patriots fail to get the comeback, and their playoff hopes are probably on life support at 7-7, seven and seven, heading into the final three games, three very difficult games. We're here to break it down. Lines are locked and loaded, 617-779-7937, if you want to join the show via the text line. And we have a quick poll that we put out on WEEI's Twitter account. One of the questions we were asking, who is most to blame for the Pats' loss in Vegas and last check, NFL fish, NFL officials, the top choice was 23%, Jacoby Myers, 28%, and the uh, majority or the plurality of the votes, Patriots coaches, 49%. That's where the check mark lies on my Twitter feed because that's how I voted. Because when you're as sloppy and inept as they were in all three phases of the game, that falls on the head coach, and then that falls down on the assistant coaches before you start to blame the players and I also think that teams that blame officials are losers in the end. And uh, if you want to blame the official, blame the official. But uh, there were a lot of mistakes made by the Patriots tonight that certainly contributed to their loss and the fact that we are lamenting that loss. And what did the man say? If it doesn't work out, blame me. Yep, and this didn't work out. This could not have worked out more poorly in Las Vegas where Bill Belichick gets beaten. Now 0-2, by the way, against Josh McDaniels in his career. He really struggles against his old guys. Uh, I believe he's now 1-7 in his last eight matchups with former assistants. Who's his win? Uh, it's a great question. Probably could uh, get our crack research department on yeah, that. Yeah, there we go. Um, but, yeah, he is 1-7, and, and seven, I believe, in his last... Uh, eight or whatever the numbers it's like, are. It's this bad. brother, this brother couldn't even beat Matt Patricia. That's when, it's when, true. I, I mean, that's that tells you something. But I think, and now Matt Patricia is his problem. I, exactly. So I will say this: I would, I would definitely put this on the Patriots coaching staff in terms of that particular list, and and maybe even if you added this other factor to the list, being the quarterback Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to to put that separately on him. Because, yes, I think that, that that red zone drive that all just, just blew up, went to hell, that wasn't all on Mac Jones. There was just a just sloppy execution the way there yep. always seems to be with this team. He actually threw a touchdown pass that, that they was took wiped away, out by a timeout. Which I cannot, I don't. That's classic. I, 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 have to, I have to look back and check that out and see if the play clock was winding down. I, I have no idea, but. When you look back at that play, I mean, yeah, I can understand him being frustrated about that and being frustrated with with wasting the time out before that because then you're not getting the play in fast enough. I I, I get that frustration, but I feel like his frustration became a legitimate problem today. This is three weeks in a row where he is flailing hands, basically in an argument, it seems, with either the voice in his head or the sideline, which are 
kind or of the his same te- or his teammates, or, or if, he, if he's mad at something that they're well, there doing. were some drops tonight. The Hunter Henry third down drop, oh I would have been God. mad too. Yeah, that's how you lose football games. I know that'll be down, way down the list in this game because it was so bad and there were so many mistakes. But that third down drop to you couldn't. I mean, you're an NFL tight end Ugly. making twelve point five million. It, it hit you right in what I like to call the triangle between the thumb and the fingers. Like you got to catch that football. So. There's no question. There's a lot of blame to go around. I think we have some callers locked and loaded that would like to join the blame game. Let's go to Raj in Chicago. Who would you blame for tonight's loss in Las Vegas, Raj? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. What's up? Uh, man, I'm sorry. Just a little lost for words right now. I mean, <laughs> this took me this, uh, this kind of took me back to the 2018 season at the Miracle in Miami. Yeah. It was that kind yeah, of a gut I mean, punch, but know. this was much uglier. That was a more traditional it play was, where you got, got beat athletically. This is one of the weirdest endings I've ever seen. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, I've seen some heartbreaking losses. I've seen, I mean, losing 42, 46, 52, losing the AFC title game at Denver in 2015. This one, you feel like you got shot in the face. Whew. I mean, just, Dramatic. just, just got, just got awful. Just got awful. I mean, in the immortal words of Chris Curtis, what are we doing? I, I agree, I, I Raj. Will, will, Thanks I, for the call, man. Yes, definitely. Um, shout out Chicago, but also I, I would just like to say you probably and they know awful there, right? Yes, they know awful. Yeah, uh, that is a three and eleven football team out there. Though again, I feel like you probably feel a little bit better about uh, the future of that team than you do about this one because their quarterback might be really good. Um, but we're not gonna we're gonna do that. But you know what I just thought of though? It's like you probably wouldn't feel it if you got shot in the face, but obviously pretty bad. No, this was more of a um, at least half our audience can feel this a kick in the groin. I mean, I know it's cliche. It's like it's like that gif or, or like that video that circulates every now and again where like this dude is just like practicing being kicked repeatedly in yeah, the groin. That was over this. and over again. Yes, yes, that, that is was exactly this. And what this was. I would say that's sort of this season, and certainly from Max yes. Jones's perspective, I think he feels like that gif is is his season uh, in a nutshell. His sophomore season not going anywhere near like he expected. But the Patriots, I, and I want to uh, go to one of the texts here that says, if there was, this is from the 415, if there was no video to prove that he was out, they should use the one that 10 million people saw on TV. Okay, I, 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 I think they did. That's what I'm talking about. I saw the two angles they had. There was a high angle, and then there was a low angle, and they were both at 45-degree angles from the field. And do I think he was out of bounds? Yes, we- I do. But and, and I don't. And by they the way, might, I don't want you as a juror if you think that was clear and obvious evidence, because that means you're convicting everybody. You you got everybody going to the death and, penalty. And again, you know what? Maybe they thought that he was out too. Maybe they thought he was, but, but the call. But works. that wasn't the call on the field. It has to be clear and definitive. And I'm sorry, like I, I did not see anything. Unfortunately, that was clear and definitive enough to say, oh yeah, he was absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt out of bounds he just looked out of bounds and that's not good enough i'm sorry i mean it it doesn't make me feel better to say that because again i thought he was out of bounds it is what it is but again you could point to that play and say you got dropped by the refs whatever right but you still didn't have to lose the game the way that you did it and that's one play in a game in which again you did nothing in the first half and you did something in the first half, maybe it never comes down to that. That was Patriots head coach Bill Belichick who made it clear his team made a lot of mistakes on plays in today's 30-24 to loss to the Raiders in Las Vegas. That- Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. 
We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Ended on a uh, debacle. Oh, was that like six, six times? Oh, at least. I, I look forward to the transcript so you can just do the word count and figure out how many mistakes. On, yeah, we know, Bill. There were mistakes on all the plays. We know how bad plays work. Even though you chastised us in the beginning of the season in training camp and said, not if it looks like a bad play, it might not be a bad play. No, these were bad plays. Well, well, you know Why? what? Especially, you know, they didn't have the, the one play right. It ended up being arguably the best play because they scored on it. And they were like, nope, actually, we don't want to run that play. Not That's just bad, their best play of the night. Play. One of their rare red zone scores on the season, he said they didn't have the play right. And it actually executed well and worked for a touchdown. Bad play. Except the whistle had been blown because Bill Belichick had called a timeout. That was your uh, defensive Bill Belichick. Now, I understand some of it. He is he is trying to protect, certainly, Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers, some of his. Interestingly, this game was lost on the two players, I would argue, that have actually done their job on offense this year. You could actually argue Ramondre Stevenson they're, and Jacoby they're your, Myers. They're your best offensive Your players. best offensive, yeah. most consistent well, it, offensive. Aside, aside from aside from Michael Owenu, which, I mean, no one's going to look at an offensive lineman. Right. But your best off like skill players, yeah. And they mm-hmm. contributed or even um, caused the losing effort. Because it definitely sounds, and we we'll, may have some audio later from Jacoby Myers, sounds like he took the blame, tried to do too much on the final play when he threw long back across the field to Mac Jones, intercepted, hauled in by Chandler Jones for the game-winning <sighs> touchdown. But I do, like, I'm not one that's going to harp on those two guys and that play. While that play will be seen as the reason you lost this game, the list of reasons you lost this game is extensive. And it started from the first quarter and went straight on through the fourth quarter because we have a lot of fans that are going to fixate, and we'll get back to the phone lines in a minute, 617-779-7937. If you want to complain about the replay review, we have a pool report I'm going to read. But I would also argue you got lucky on the plays I mentioned earlier. You tried to give up a Devontae Adams big play for a touchdown potentially that would have tied the game. You tried to give up multiple Mac Hollins plays over the middle of the field that one hit his fingertips just out of his reach. Another was a bad throw where he had to kind of drift back across the middle. Yeah, it's like if Derek Carr is a better quarterback, you're probably getting blown out. We never get to the Keelan yeah. Cole controversial yeah, not, replay review not having touchdown. Devontae Adams is dancing in the end zone, or Mac Hollins is dancing in the end zone. So you got lucky, you got lucky, you got lucky. Maybe you got a little unfortunate yeah. on the replay review. But I do want to uh, go to the pool report, as Bill Belichick pointed us all to. Yes. Because we know he does not ever answer a question about a controversial replay, officiating call, anything post-game. So I will go to Mike Reese's pool report with NFL Senior Vice President of Officiating, Walt Anderson, who you may recall we've heard from before this year in the Hunter Henry play on the goal line, Walt a lot of people didn't care for his take on that, and I don't think you're going to care for his take on this one either All right, on Keelan go. Cole's touchdown. First question, how did you determine that was a touchdown catch by Keelan Cole in the fourth quarter? Anderson, quote, the ruling on the field was a touchdown. End of sentence return. <laughs> next question. Uh, Mike Reese's next question. In replay review, it appeared the receiver's left foot was on the white. Was that not visible in replay? Walt Anderson's answer. We looked at every available angle, and it was not clear and obvious that the foot was on the white. There you go. It was very tight, very close. 
There was no shot that we could see. We even enhanced and blew up the views that we had. There was nothing that was clear and obvious that his foot was touching the white. Final question from Mike Reese in the pool report with Walt Anderson. Did you have a down-the-sideline angle to aid you in your review? What we were just talking about, basically a pylon cam or anything down the sideline. No, we did not. Probably the best view was what we term a high end zone view. TV gave us the most enhanced view that they had as well. We blew it up, and I believe TV blew it up. I don't believe TV blew it up, not that I saw, Walt. No, I didn't see that. I interjected there. No. And there was nothing that was clear and obvious either way. Had the ruling on the field been incomplete, we would not have been able to change that either. So there was Basically, he's articulating the inconclusive video evidence to change the call. That's why the call stood. It was a 30-yard touchdown for Keelan Cole, and the Patriots win. Uh, excuse me, Patriots lose. Who? No, they yeah, yeah, they did. The they opposite did. Not, of win. They lost. They got beat up. They got kicked in the cojones. They lose 30-24. to 24. We are taking your calls here on the Six Rings postgame show. Let's squeeze in one more call before we get to our next break. Let's go to David in the car wants to talk about, I think, the out-of-bounds touchdown play. David, what's up? Hey, guys, how you doing? Thank you for taking the call. I really yes, appreciate sir. it. So here's the thing. There's a lot of things that went wrong in this game. If this was another coach, he'd probably be getting fired because of Belichick is not or some coaching staff. But here's my thing, and, and guys, please don't tell me. You have a referee that's standing right there. He's looking at his feet. And I know it's fast. It's live data. You know, it's live. But come on, we're in Vegas. The game, there's a betting city going on. Don't tell me that was not purposely ruled the way it was because of betting. Don't tell me that. I'm going to tell you, David, that was not ruled the way it was purposely because of betting. Well, maybe not, but but I'm going to tell you right now. This that was clearly his his toe was on a white. I mean, you can see it for them not to overturn. So that, let me ask you a question, David. If the sure. result of that decision was a man being executed, and this was a jury trial, you would have voted that he was on the white. It's clearly he's on the white. Okay, the thanks, one David. That they had from up above. Yes. Okay, thanks for the call, David. I, disag- is, I could not disagree more. And that man is dead, and that's on your conscience. I think he was on the white. I can't say definitively he was on the white. The clear and obvious language Patriots fans are going to hate. They're going to get sick of it. But I did not term and, that clear and obvious. And, and you mentioned it off the air, right? The possibility that maybe they just don't have... People were asking, like, why don't they zoom in more and like right. blow things... Maybe they don't have the... NBC camera angles right. or or the, the Thursday night football ca- like pylon cams. Maybe they just don't have that. Guess what? They, if they, you didn't suck, you might have had that because <laughs> it was supposed to be a oh, primetime grade-A crew game and then it got bumped to Fox and was not a primetime grade-A crew game because I can tell you that because Jonathan Vilma is not very good at his job as a color analyst. In one point, he said, I'm speechless. I have nothing to say. That's literally your job. I'm you're sorry the offense stinks, but you're supposed to speak. 617-779-7937. We are breaking down a horrific Patriots 30-24 to loss that left Bill Belichick at the podium basically saying mistakes were made on that play, and there were a number of those plays. And unfortunately, Bill, this is 
week 15 on the season and the same mistakes are being made. Your, your team continues to struggle in situational execution, among other areas, red zone defense, run defense, turnovers, pass, all the things that have bit this team in the butt to leave it at 7-7 seven at seven at this point in the season. 617-779-7937, Six Rings postgame show up until 10 o'clock. Join us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Breaking down the game that was. This is the Six Rings Post Game Show. Here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. What did you see when you saw? I saw. Uh, I thought I saw Mac open. I didn't see Chandler Jones at the time. I just thought he was open. Tried to get to him. And let him try to make a play with it. But the score was tied. So like I said, I should have just went down for real. Were you a little surprised that Amanda got involved in that situation? It ain't even about Amanda, you know what I'm saying? Once you give it to me, I'm smart enough to know the score was tied and to go down with it, you know what I'm saying? But if you gave it a ball or not, I mean, he gave it to me because he trusted me. You know, I just got to be smarter with it. That's Jacoby Myers in Las Vegas after tonight's 30 to 20. Oh, you guys are being mean. I know, my goodness. 30 Laying to, it on thick. 30-24 to 24 loss to the Raiders on the final play in which he received the lateral from Ramondre Stevenson on a draw play with three seconds remaining after a nice run. Threw it to Myers. Myers threw it back across the field intended for Mac Jones. Chandler Jones hauled it in and returned it for the touchdown. Game over. Raiders win. A little sneaky aspect here, too. If he saw Marcus Jones, I wouldn't have a problem with him throwing it cross back the field. What was going to happen when you threw it to Mac Jones, the least athletic person on of the 22 on the field? He possibly, <laughs> I just had this vision dance through my head. Say Mac Jones does catch that ball, and he gets hit by Chandler Jones and fumbles it anyway. Right. Like, nothing good can come. He's not allowed or, to or, throw or, it. Or he just, like, straight up can't catch the ball, and that's a backward lateral, and it right. might get scooped up anyway. Like, he's not allowed to throw it anymore. No, exactly. So you've lost any advantage that Mac Jones provides on that play. So it really was, and again, we we talked about it last segment, Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI, 617-779-7937. I find it difficult to really pile on Jacoby Myers, who's falling on his sword. Even defending Ramondre Stevenson. I find it hard to pile on Ramondre Stevenson. Bill Belichick would only say mistakes were made on the play. He wouldn't say whether they were supposed to lateral it, not supposed to lateral it, the whole thing. We can get into that a little bit later. But nothing good was going to happen to throwing it. It, it, That's a brain fart beyond just the score and the lateral. Who you saw open? Because he clearly saw him. He said, "I I thought I saw Mac open. He intended to throw it to Mac. To what end, Jacoby? You know, it makes me think of this. It, it goes back to Mac Jones, in a way, talking about the red zone struggles in particular and saying, look, when we get down there, we have to know that, yes, this play has heightened importance, but it's just another play. Don't Basically, don't lose your mind. Right. And I feel like right there, that's an example of, oh, my goodness, I got to do something, and he lost his mind. And that, I feel like, encapsulates what the Patriots are, not even just offensively, but just generally 
as a team better than, than almost anything else. They continually, and this was a point I was trying to make earlier, continually lose their minds in those clutch situations that they're supposedly supposed to be great at. They are supposed to be the team that takes advantage of other teams' mistakes. They're supposed to be the team that runs away and hides when the Raiders try to give them the football game, and instead they decided to be Santa Claus. Because they don't have confidence. I think it comes back to a lack of confidence, which, by the way, they probably shouldn't have confidence the way they've played all year. That does not breed confidence the way you've executed in all three phases. But in a normal game, you just say, yeah, we'll go to overtime. You know why? I trust our defense. I trust our offense. We'll execute situational football. We'll win in overtime. They were trying to do too much to make too much of a play there out of desperation, it seems like, because they probably know if we go to overtime, we don't execute better than the other team more often than not. In fact, we fail to execute more often than not than the other football team. You know what's interesting is that all this time you talk about playing not to lose. And I feel like that that's very often what the Patriots have done is playing yeah. not to Let lose. Let the other team lose. Yes. But to me, the idea that you treated that play the way that you did, it, it really does, like as you were saying, kind of make it seem like you were losing at the time when you really weren't. Right. You, like, didn't, like, need a, you didn't need a like miracle. You, like you felt the game was over. Right. Like, like, so I think just put together, this team has a loser mentality right now. And, and they probably should. Like, and I'm not saying that in a mocking way. When you get, like, a beaten dog syndrome, you know, you hit a dog so many times, they start to expect to be hit. This, do- this team does not execute. They lose games they shouldn't lose, and that's where you are at 7-7 seven and seven right now. You're probably fortunate to be 7-7. Seven and seven. The Cardinals, you were in a dogfight a week earlier until you had a loose fumble returned for a touchdown that changed the complexion of that game. Otherwise, you might be looking at a road losing streak and really saying goodbye to any playoff chances. Let's go back to the phone lines. I want to keep everybody engaged here as we continue to break down a debilitating late-season loss in Las Vegas that sucks the wins out of the Patriots' hopes, although they still have playoff path potential. There's just a lot of teams involved, and they have some tough games they're going to have to win to get there. Let's go to Dave in Rhode Island who wants to talk about this loss. I don't know why we want to talk about it, but let's do this. Group therapy. Dave, what'd you think? Let me get one thing straight. We stink. <laughs> we stink. That's true. Okay, someone needs to lock up Nelson Aguilar for robbery and fraud. The guy drops that before the comes to play. This team, I'd rather go outside with a pair of scissors and cut my grass and watch this offense. It, it, it's terrible. And finally, we got a little bit of a push in the third, in the, the second, uh, second half, but it's just been terrible. I want to legit, I want to claw my eyes out watching this game. Jacoby, there's, there's no time in the clock. Thank you for the call, Dave. Appreciate your uh, your emotion. I think it's raw and I think it's real. And I said it to I, I think to you. This is this was a game between two bad teams. Yes. One has more stars. The Raiders have stars. Yeah, yeah, they they are a talented team. They are not a good team. No, and you allowed them to pull out the win, but you had a, despite your lack of stars and your what did he say? Nelson Aguilar was committing like uh, yeah, they say they should lock him up, or yeah, fraud or yeah, something. Commit, I think it was robbery and fraud. He actually had a nice catch. He was just out of bounds. There was a beautiful Mac Jones catch and throw down the left sideline. Unfortunately, the ball remained in his hands. His yes. feet just couldn't stay in. His feet just couldn't stay in, which, which is yeah, 
as that, we know, is part of the job as a receiver. And Keelan Cole proved that, wink, wink, uh, proved that in the corner of the end zone on the game-tying touchdown. But I understand the building frustrations because, correct me if I'm wrong, we do this every week, and I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. This is the most well-rounded loss that we've had for the Patriots this year, where all three phases were at various points truly inept. No, not, the, not the, Bear, like, the Bears was like that, too. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they were. And those are the two reasons why you're going to not make the postseason because exactly. yeah. you lose games to teams. But even I still have no explanation for the Michael Pilardi blocked punt where Jabril Peppers, your your wing on the right side, they ready. is looking in, like communicating, and the ball is snapped. They, 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 just, they just straight up weren't ready. Why was it the was ball a, snapped? It was a timing issue. I cannot tell you why. You know that, how we like well, to make fun of the old Colts fake punt? Yeah. Well, this was different. But similarly embarrassing, you had an up back and a wing looking at each other. Yeah, yeah, talking. Jer- yeah. Jabril and 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 Adrian Phillips looking and you at each other. The ball, and they were just like, "Oh my god, oh no, it's horrible." And and, and gee, yes, where did horrible. the guy come from? Oh, happened to come right from that side. Uh, Kuntz or Keese or whatever his name was that blocked the punt. Like, how does that happen to a Bill Belichick team, which, as we've talked about, basically has two special teams coordinators? You have Cam Accord, but you also have Joe Judge. He's allowed to talk. He's on the field when they practice. He's in meetings when they talk about things. And he's supposed to be a special teams coordinator. How are these things happening to a team that, correct me if I'm wrong again, invests more time and money and energy in special teams than other words? It's always funny listening to Bill Belichick talk about other teams' special teamers. And like, you know, Johnny Hecker, he's a weapon. You know who was not a weapon? Your special teams. No. Because your coverage was sneaky terrible. At times, you got bailed out by a, a few they penalties. They gave up a bunch of them today. Yeah, they did. Yeah. This special teams stinks right now, and that's part of the problem because when you're as mediocre as they are, that matters. If yes. you're going to blow teams out, no one cares. Oh, you oh, you, 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 let a guy return it to the 30, it doesn't matter because you scored three straight possessions, whatever. But if you're going to be in dogfight games with your season on the line as a mediocre team trying to steal a playoff spot, and who knows, as Parcel says, once you get in, anything can happen. I don't think anything can happen with this team. I think you're going to get your butt whooped no, by it, a high seed, just yes. like you did last year, if you do sneak in, which I don't even think you'll sneak no, in. No, at, th- at this point, I feel like you're asking a lot to make me think that they're going to win two out of these next three games. And, and again, I'm looking... A lot. I'm looking at the schedule. They, right. have, they have not beaten a single team that has a, has a better than 500 record. Plus, they haven't beaten... They beat the Jets twice with Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson's terrible. And they beat the Lions, who... They've been playing better of late, but they're not anything either. They also haven't beaten the Dolphins in no, they lost to the three Dolphins. years. No, but I'm talking about yeah, yeah, just, just general. You've lost four in a row or five in a row to the Dolphins. You've lost four of five to the Bills or five of six. The only one you won, we all remember, was in a hurricane and yes. was a complete weather game and just a aberrational win against that team. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals... Are they perfect? Far from perfect. No, but they're nine and four. They're good, and, and they're you finding can't, ways to win. And you can't guard their receivers. They just came back from what down seventeen or whatever. Yeah. So, like, it's not just that they have winning records. Like these are teams you can't beat. You haven't found a way. Josh Allen is, you know, your daddy, as Pedro used to say. Like he's your You're daddy. You're not beating that team in Buffalo. No, it's the only happening. way you beat them is if they decide they have everything wrapped up and they go... And Josh Allen doesn't play. Here, you have one. It'll be cute if you feel good about yourself yeah. to end the year. It's so, like, so, so you know what? You better hope that team wraps up the number one seed. And, and that, that got hurt today by the Chiefs coming back and winning. I actually was thinking maybe you were going down that road if the Chiefs lost and that 
put them further back. But with the Chiefs winning, the Bills may have to play longer because they are they're not falling as far behind. But six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Matt in the car who wants to talk about the ending, but also other aspects of the game. Hey, how you doing, Hart, um, Tyree, um, Hart, uh, you, you appointed me um, head of the Six Rings Analytics. Um, yes. I'm not sure if you remember that. Yes. But I hope you're serious because I updated my LinkedIn page. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, uh, we can, uh, can we agree that Stevenson was just supposed to fall to the ground and wasn't supposed to lateral? Um, um, I, I, I think maybe that is the case. But guess what? Okay. If it's not clear, then that's a problem. If it's not clear and obvious like the replay review standard if he doesn't know exactly what he's supposed to do in situational football that's another coaching problem problem. and this is what we used to praise bill belichick and ernie adams and all these coaches for they turn over every rock and every every player knows everything in every situation how many times did you see last year like damian harris in in the chargers game actually that's the one that trips my memory is that they were sliding down to the ground before the five minutes even hit right. to kill the clock. Right. Like that's how serious they were. Now you're in a tie ball game, and we're looping the ball all over the field, giving the other team a chance to win. So yeah, Matt, that is uh, horribly well, disappointing. So Matt Jones is supposed to have this high football here. I, I don't want to like rail on any of these guys, but he's five yards behind Jones. He sees the ball up in the air. Obviously, he realizes something's gone wrong. Go make a play and do something instead of just sitting there and getting. You know, stiff arms. Great play by Jones. You know, whatever. But let me. The point of my call is um, the special teams. Um, yes. who, who do we got in charge over there? Acorn. Acorn. Yes. Okay. I saw. I saw enough of Acorn last year with the three block punts. I would say, hope you have enough Acorns for the winter because I've seen enough of you. You're you're done. Um, you know that play was even more disgusting than than actually the last play of the game to me. You got two. You know, good players, Peppers. And um, our other boy, you know, just um, it, like you guys just said, you've pretty much covered the whole basis, but this team shouldn't make the playoffs. They don't deserve to make the playoffs. I don't need to see them make a make play a game in the playoffs. They, you know, even with Buffalo and Miami, uh, excuse me, Miami and the Jets losing, um, they just don't, they're not there. I'd rather see them lose out and realize the error of their ways this season. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the call, Matt. And uh, the fact that we have multiple areas to debate that is more disgusting and why you lost, whether it's a special teams <laughs> yes. play, an offensive play, even a defensive play, a replay, uh, tells you how bad this game was. Just for uh, clarity, the Patriots at 7-7 seven and seven as of right now are the 8 seed, one spot out of the AFC playoff picture. The Dolphins at 8-6 and six are the 7 seed. The Chargers at 8-6 and six are the sixth seed, both one game ahead of the Patriots. Obviously, Miami already beat the Patriots once, so they would hold a tiebreaker against uh, you, but you have another game with them in a couple weeks. 617-779-7937. Let's get one more call in as we continue to commiserate after a 30-24 to debacle of a loss in Las Vegas for the Patriots to fall in 7-7. Seven and seven. Let's go to another David. David in Tampa wants to talk about this loss. David, what's up? Hey, um, all right. For the first, the first um, red zone drive, first and goal inside the one yard line. Three straight pass plays. When you got a top ten running back in the game, three straight pass plays. And, and I mean, again, I mean, David, I don't want to interrupt, but real quick, I want to let you know a stat that they put on the broadcast that I was not aware of. But the Las Vegas Raiders have faced uh, a goal to go situation inside fourteen times this year. Yes. And they had allowed 14 touchdowns until <laughs> until they met 
the Patriots red zone offense. Now it's 14 of 15. That's just, I don't know if if, if that's just not a fireable offense by the coaching staff. I mean, it makes me wonder that maybe I I was dreaming during the past 20 years, all these six, six titles. Is that just a dream I had? I mean, when I see something like this, it just makes you question everything. So, David, I mean, David, are you calling for Belichick to be fired or assistant coaches? Uh, I mean, at the very least, at the very least, uh, Patricia right now. Uh, I mean, tomorrow, I want to wake up and see him on on the um, transaction wire. I mean, it's just. It, it, it's just clueless, like you said a few minutes ago. How can someone with a reputation as Belichick be so shrewd and clever, but then not even overrule or override his, his, the coaching decisions that his OC makes? Well, he overruled or, or once. He's a football advisor. <laughs> yeah, David, he, he overruled once. He overruled the touchdown pass to Jacoby Myers by calling timeout and wiping mm-hmm, down. Yeah, there you go. Senior football advisor. Okay. What's your job description, Mr. Pat, Patty Matthews? Um, I mean, now, now beyond that, I mean, the, the, the last play of the game, like you said, if, if Ramondre, if, if that was on him and he, and he chose to make that lateral, then, then that, that falls back on the coaching, on the, on the shoulders of the coaching staff as well, that they're just not drilling and drilling in. These players are just clueless. Clueless, narcissistic fools, and this is similar to basketball players shooting up threes, falling away, and and Frenchie making the errors, going from first base to home plate. Uh, I mean, it's just everybody wants to be a hero. They don't value the little things. They don't care about the little things, and, and you know, it's just it, it's it, 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 it's almost impossible to watch. Thanks. I mean, how does this happen? Thanks for the call, David, and I appreciate yeah, the passion a lot of, and a lot the of pain and yes, shame in and any 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 kind of correlated this to other sports and other problems in other sports. I want to stick to the Patriots' loss in might Vegas. be the only time Franchi Cordero and Bill Belichick were mentioned in the same sentence. But but David's not wrong with his emotion because an end of game play like that, you have every opportunity to tell the players, and it didn't happen in it in, in in on the fly. It wasn't a fluid situation. It keeps bothering me that you night. can tell them anything you want. Yes, uh, I would like to fight back against the one caller. I don't believe it was David. I think it was the prior caller that blamed it on Mac for not like being an athlete and make. No, no, no. What is he supposed to do? Right there, he's supposed to pick that off. He's the least athletic guy on the field. He's not capable of making a play there against Chandler Jones. Don't who, break up that pass, Mac. Right. I mean, that's not Mac's job. I'm you can, sorry. You can blame Mac Jones for a lot of things Absolutely. that happened in this game, but that right there, Le- is, leadership, is not, is like not being a baby. Yeah, uh, there's plenty of things that each and every for, member for, of this for organization not biting, for not biting Chandler Jones's leg off on his way to the end zone. Right, I mean, like, like, come on, what are we doing here? Anyway, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We will continue to take your call, Steve, Kelly, Paul, and the rest of you that are lined up. We will get to you in just a moment. If you want to shoot us a text, where there's a a lot of uh, venom on the text line tonight as well. 37937. This is the Six Rings post game show. I'm Andy Hart. He's Kyrie Thompson, and we are breaking down the most painful loss of the season. WEI, WEI, New England Sports Original. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Now, back 
the Six Rings Post Game Show on WEEI. What are we doing here? Now we're free falling. That's the state of the Patriots. What's up next? The one that was on, like, uh, remember the old Americans? Then uh, I had a bad day. We just did that one. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. that was the one we did with that was after the other Myers. Oh, yes. Okay, you guys are just always the guys behind the glass. That's bullies. We got nice guys in front of the microphone: Andy Hart and Kyrie Thompson from WEEI.com here in the Six Rings post game show, trying not to bully, trying not to bully Ramondre Stevenson or Jacoby Myers after the debacle that was the final play of the game in Las Vegas. Patriots tied 24-24 with the Raiders when Ramondre Stevenson's draw turned into, turns into one of those end-of-game lateral plays, tosses it through Jacoby Myers, who then tries to throw way across the field back to Mac Jones, picked off, hauled in by Chandler Jones, return, touchdown. The Raiders win! The Raiders win! The game and the Patriots are left, as Bill Belichick put it in his uh, post-game press conference, which had one cut-and-paste answer that was used more often than others. There was a mistake on the play. Mistake on the play. Mistake on the play. Hey, Bill, um, quick, quick question. Andy Hart, WEI.com. I'm in the back, way in the back. I'm actually still in Boston, so you can't see me. Um, who's responsible around here when there are mistakes on plays? Could you remind me of that? Well, you know, if it doesn't go well, you know, blame me. I am. Bill, Bill, Andy Hart again, I'd like to blame you because uh, you just kicked away a game that should not have been lost. And as our callers have brought up, it would be very interesting if this were NASCAR. You know in NASCAR they let you listen into the like the pit crew mm, driver yeah. microphone? It would be very interesting to hear what was passed along to Mac Jones in the offensive huddle from Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, Joe Judge, and whoever else gets to talk on those little sideline communication devices before the pi- final play. And I know Jacoby Myers is falling on a sword and saying, I tried to do too much. But why were you given the opportunity to do too much? And, and this, is, this is the thing that kept sticking with me when Mac Jones was saying, well, you know, it was a coaching decision. And I get, you know, that they are trying to kind of protect each other. They don't want to throw anybody <laughs> under the bus here. At the same time, they, they showed this play in the studio, and I watched it back, and I'm thinking to myself, if Ramondre Stevenson was told, under no circumstances put the ball in harm's way. Don't don't lateral. Don't do any of that stuff. If he was told that, I don't think he goes rogue. No chance. And and the fact that Jacoby Myers takes that ball, and maybe he was somewhat just trailing the play just in case it was possible, but the fact that he then l- runs backwards and then is like, oh, Max back there. I'm going to go ahead and throw. That was not set up. Nothing to, to me that was not set up, that was not planned. They were not ready to do that, and his play was a panic play. So that tells me that they were probably not told in the huddle under no circumstances lateral this football, just get down and let's go to overtime. They, they were not told that because you would think that if they were told that, you would not have seen that play. And so then who do you blame for that? Bill Belichick. Yes, because well, sort of, Matt Patricia, because technically, yes, he's the offensive coordinator, he's the play caller, he's the voice, but we he's put in a bad position. He's a defensive coach who may not have every single yeah. aspect of end-of-game offensive execution under his hat. And Bill Belichick, I watch a lot of games. Bill Belichick, he has a headset with a microphone and a little box down here where he can figure out who he wants and to he's communicate standing with. standing very often right over by Matt Patricia. Indeed. So it's like, especially Mr. during... Mr. Always Prepared. Especially, situational football himself. 
especially during that stoppage of play, you literally could have just, you didn't have to do it over the headset. You could have just told it right to him right there. You could have done that. And, and again, we've, I'm going to be blunt about this. We've already seen that Matt Patricia does not know how to coach offensive football. Correct. Okay? Whether you're talking about play design, play calling, situational, what have you. We, we already know this. Okay? But this is where you're looking at Bill Belichick. Like, okay, people are saying, oh, yeah, what if Bill Belichick took over the play calling? Or what if he took over a, a bigger role? What makes you think he would do a better job? Because he has not been doing a better job. He, he has not been helping this situation at all. Uh, yeah, I agree. And just I want to get back to your Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers point, because we talked about it earlier. Not only are they the two best, most consistent players yeah. on the offense, they're probably two of the most trustworthy, accountable. You don't hear a bad word from any teammates about them. In fact, in terms of Ramondre Stevenson, I have never heard the kind of praise that I've heard from Matthew Slater about his development as a young player yeah. and the way he grew every day last year. So that guy getting that praise under that lens of the, watching him, Matthew Say, Slater saying all those things, and that you look guy at, and you is look going at to the, ignore the order and just say, go rogue? Yeah. And just, oh, nope, I know he said don't do this, but I think I'm. I it's going to be a good idea. I don't believe it. No chance. So either it. he wasn't told or he was actually told... If you get a chance and, and laterally. He, and he disobeyed. Yeah, yes, yes. He may have been told that. It may either they didn't tell him not to or they wanted them to lateral it. Yes. One or the other. But it falls on the coaches. This is another example in a year filled with examples where we can point to coaching, play calling, issues from the sideline that are hindering the on-field performance directly. Forget yeah. about talent, how good you are. Are you good enough to beat this team, that team, stars, whatever. The coaching is once again hindering the performances on the football field by the players. Yes. That's the reality. Yes, it is. And uh, even as I'm thinking about it right now, I just the way he was running with the football, that seemed like a, I'm going to try and get as many yards out of this as possible, and then, oh, the journey's almost over, panic. I, I, don't, I just don't think that was set up. You I know when you panic? When you're not prepared. They always say that, like yes. you're in the military. You're not tougher, smarter. You just fall back on your training. You've prepared for this. You prepare for this. You prepare for this. So you go into the situation. Your body, your mind, your soul, everything knows what's to do because I've done this a million times on some base somewhere preparing for this moment. When you're not prepared, guess what happens? Panic. You panic, and then you make mistakes. And it wasn't at a disco. No. <laughs> oh, my God. That was bad, huh? Yeah, it was pretty Was bad. that worse than the Patriots game? No, it wasn't. I'm, no. better, I'm better than the Patriots hey, right now. One step ahead. 617-779-7937. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's sneak in. Paul from Rhode Island, and he wants to talk about Jacoby Myers and the final play that killed the day. Listen, thank you for taking my call. Andy Hart, you know I'm a state shooter, right? Yes. Okay, here we go. Somebody didn't go to church this morning, okay? And somebody's Me. full of sin. Oh, somebody else. Okay? Me too. Okay. Now, <laughs> shame on Jacoby. Uh, shame on Mr. Myers that he did this, okay? Because he's an ex-quarterback. You know what? Shame on Mac that he did, couldn't embrace two pair of legs, okay, at the end of, the, at the end of this play. Now, we needed this win more than the Raiders did, okay? What I found is somebody loves Josh McDaniels, okay? And so we all, we all, I don't want to say the word fix. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to. Oh, boy. Why? Why did you do this? Okay. You love the guy? Go play for him. 
And just and Myers, go play for him. I'll take Derek Derek Carr. Okay. Wait a minute. Goodbye. Quick question. Whoa, 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 whoa. Paulie, we are, quick. We are, we are now. Who 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 go fixed ahead. the game? The players or Belichick? Did Belichick gift the game to McDaniel's, or did Jacoby Myers and the players gift the game to McDaniel's, their former H uh, offensive coordinator? Mister Mister Jacoby Myers. Oh, get out of here, Paulie! I've had enough exactly. of you. I will not take that kind of comment about Jacoby Myers on this airwaves. I mean, look, we, we got some wild stuff. If Bill was giving him the game. <laughs> Jacoby fixed the game, and this is now the second person blaming Mac Jones for not tackling Chandler Jones. Look, man, I'm sorry. What are we doing? That is the last situation that Mac Jones should be put in. He's a quarterback. He's not supposed to be tackling people, especially not 270-pound defensive ends. You're going to be mad at him for not making that play? That's a guy really? who is That's a what we're going to blame him for. pick, versatile defense. He's one of the better athletes in the NFL. Mac Jones was 13 of 31, and we haven't Ooh, talked about that at enough. all. That is being – people are blaming him for not making a defensive play at the end of the game there. We need to talk about him not doing his job. I was going to say his real job is to complete more than 13 passes when he throws – what do they call that? Like a palindrome or whatever. Thirty-one of them. Holy ineptitude! And look, I know. One hundred and twelve yards, and that's over four <laughs> quarters. That's not like his first quarter total. My God! And it only led to that's like four yards per attempt, and it's terrible. And you know what? I know there were drops. Three point six yards per attempt. That's not what, good when you not, run. Not even for so look i know there Holy were drops Moses. i know i know that there were there were plays that were not made out there i know he got hit a couple of times but brother i'm sorry he was bad today he was yeah, bad let's which, let's keep let's keep you know, it a buck means he was a patriot because everybody, everybody in my opinion bad. who had a patriots logo on them was bad today unless we, your name was ramondre stevenson and even then <laughs> you're lumped into ah! that whole final play of the game that cost you the game and we're not sure exactly where it all went oh so wrong patriots lose 30 to 24 in las vegas fall to seven and seven this is the Six Rings post-game show here on WEEI. We will get back to the phones with Steve, Kelly, Dave, Steve. Ooh, multiple Steves. Love it. 617-779-7937. Continuing to commiserate after the worst loss of the season for the Patriots. The station that talks to the coach and the QB every week and has three reporters at Gillette all season long. The exclusive home for Patriots Monday and Friday. The colors are silver, blue, and E-E-I, New England Sports Original. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Raiders only have three up by the line of scrimmage. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. Breaks out of a tackle at the 50. Has the 45. Breaks away from another tackle. Pitches it backwards. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. And a step forward. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. And scores. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe what I just saw. Again! I can't believe what I just saw. This is unbelievable. <laughs> wow! On the first night of Hanukkah, it's a miracle in Las Vegas. Chandler!
Kicks off a lateral, and the Raiders win 30 to 24. They apparently a Hanukkah uh, miracle. Chandler Jones just presented the first gift of Hanukkah to Raider Nation. That was the call on the Raiders radio network. Wow. And I got to tell that play-by-play guy, life is really going to be looking up when he hits puberty. There are some fun <laughs> times coming for him that may even be better than football. But that's one of the great. It reminds me of that Kirk Cousins thing. You, you see that from a couple of years ago where Kirk Cousins was uh, ch- checking at the line of scrimmage. He's like, hut, hut, hut. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, it's tremendous. This is the Six Rings post-game show here. It's like just like that. He turned 15 on live television. It, it was it was tremendous. Uh, Six Rings post-game show on WEI here in your Best Yet brand studio, breaking down the worst yet loss of the season for your New England Patriots, 30-24 to 24 on that play that you just heard when Jacoby Myers tried to lateral the ball to Mac Jones. Chandler Jones hauled it in, returned it. Touchdown. The Raiders win, the Patriots lose, fall to 7-7, seven and seven, and we are left to deal with the the aftermath of an unexpected petering out of this football team on this day when they had come back. They started poorly. Don't get me wrong. The end was bad. Beginning wasn't so great either. In the middle, there was a little section there where they actually made enough plays. Kyle Duggar with a pick six of Derek Carr returned 13 yards. Yes, only 13 yards. It was a terrible throw and a terrible decision sideways backed up near his own goal line. But they had an opportunity. They were at 24-24, ready to go to overtime. And then the gift of Hanukkah gave to the Raiders and took it from the Patriots. And Bill Belichick, who was left post-game at the podium to say nothing more than Kyrie Thompson... Mistakes were made on the play. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I guess. Yeah, we saw that a couple times. I guess technically we are expert analysts, but um, we could see that. Why were yeah. those mistakes made? Those are the questions we are asking. And where do you go to get football answers other than Nick Fitzy Stevens, fresh <laughs> off a few beers at Allegiant Stadium, where the Raiders beat the Patriots? Fitzy, how did you get out of there alive? Cancel everything. Cancel Hanukkah. Cancel Christmas. Cancel the rest of the season. I have seen the worst anything I have ever seen in the history of everything. My soul is gone. My everything is torched. You guys have no idea what it was like to be inside. I'm sorry I was even there in the first place. You have no idea what it was like to be inside that stadium uh, to see Matt, that, that freaking pass. Jacoby Myers throw that pass across the field to, of all people, Chandler Jones, when the Patriots had been mounting a comeback against the team that you guys know blew more fourth-quarter leads than any other team, not just this season, in the history of the NFL. The Patriots fans, you can hear the tram going over ahead of me now. If You may hear a Raiders chant break out at any given moment in time. This place has been turned upside down on its head. The Everything was trending positively in the Patriots' direction up until that last drive, and they went in prevent on fourth and ten. Then, of course, everyone saw the touchdown pass where his toe may or may not have been on the chalk. We're not really sure. Maybe that's the new tuck roll. Everything got tucked up out here tonight. And then what, what were they thinking? Andy, your son is, what, 14, 15? Yeah. He plays youth football. He's in high school. Yeah. Would he ever or anyone on his team ever consider doing something as improvisationally idiotic as throwing the ball 25 yards backwards across an NFL field to a quarterback who was caught from behind on a third and 12 with Chandler Jones in play. I I just can't even believe, like nobody could still believe, look, there's horrible shows out here left and right. I've seen Britney Spears out here. I've seen Carrot Top 
there's no worse show I've ever seen than what the Patriots did at the end of that game tonight at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, that was, uh, and we've been talking, as you might uh, surmise, about that final Indeed. play and the the execution and the irony we have sort of un- unfolded here because Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers may be not only your two best offensive players, but your two most trusted, accountable, hardworking, respectable offensive players. And therefore, we have deduced by simple logic that this falls on the coaching. They were either instructed to throw the ball around like idiots and put the game at risk, or were at the very least not told specifically to not Not throw the ball around like idiots and put the game at risk. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that the one thing you wouldn't do with overtime in the balance with a 50-50 chance to win a game that you need to win because the Chargers won, you know, the Los, uh, Los San Diego, as I like to call them, Chargers now 8-6, and six, the seventh seed in the AFC after the Jets lose a game, the Dolphins lose a game last night. You have a chance to secure a nice playoff seed and continue braving your path towards the postseason, which at this point now doesn't mean a lick or a spit. It's all and- over. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I, wow. Why bother? It, 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 it was so bad, guys. I I can't believe the Patriots are the team. Like what happened in 2018 on the Miami Miracle, which now pales in comparison. And if there's anyone who's crawled into anyone's mentions or on the text line at three seven ninety three seven and said like, yeah, well, the last time the Patriots had a soul crunching loss like that in December, they won the Super Bowl. You guys can tuck it and run with it because Suck there's it. no chance this team will possibly turn around. Like, that's a season, that's a soul crusher. That's a season ender. The deflation on the faces of the Pats fans out there tonight, my God, you guys, it was awful. It was, it was like a bunch of people finding out they had just been audited on the same day their dog died. Oh, it was miserable. It was so bad. And what a stadium, too. That place is so crazy. It's Man. a giant nightclub with football. It's so awesome. But that was so awful. Man, Fitzy, I, you actually kind of took the words out of my mouth on that one. I was going to ask you about the mood of the Patriots fans that you're at because you could hear them, right? You could hear them when the Raiders were on offense. That's not usually a thing that you that you get with road you know, road crowds. I mean, when the home team's on the field, especially out here, you don't hear nothing, okay? But when when that happened... What was the mood from from the fellow Patriots fans that, that you were around? And I mean, look, I mean, you kind of hinted at it, but but let's hear it again. This team is seven and seven. Technically, they've got an opportunity to make the playoffs. But do you have any sure, real you hope? Say, Kyrie, do you, you have any real have, hope that's going to? They have an opportunity. You can say they have an opportunity, but what is it about this team? What is it that they do that makes you feel comfortable or confident in saying? that there's a way that this team can not only brave their way into the postseason, but that they're going to be good in the postseason or that they're going to actually win a game or two, that they'll make a difference. Like what, what, they, what they've been able to do the last couple of games is just like, that's, that's it. Like what happened tonight is embarrassing to the entire franchise. That, that's the butt end of a joke. Yes. Like what the, Patri- what the Patriots did tonight is what every other team, and Andy, you and I have talked about this on the post game. You and I have talked about this on the podcast time and again, how now the, whatever the Patriots end up doing in these games that's embarrassing, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's messy, that's a mistake, like this now becomes more part of the norm than it does like yes. just something anomalous to this particular season. This season is now not an outlier. 
the season is now becoming a predictor of future events. And for, for Jacoby Myers to not be coached up well enough to think whatever you do, don't do what I just did, throwing a 30-yard touchdown pass to Chandler Jones to win the game, but rather to sit on the ball and live to see another day, that means someone wasn't in his head enough, you guys, yep. to tell him that that's the last thing that he shouldn't do. I, I cannot believe. Uh, it, and then just like the, the lights go off in the stadium. There's fireworks. There's a band up in the third, like, uh, in the third level of the stadium. It's like a, a whole Vegas show. You've got fans losing their mind. You've got all these Patriots. It really was, and, and, and Kyrie, to, your, to what you said a minute ago, it was about 50-50, I would say. It's entirely this past weekend, it's been a whole, like people have been saying it's been Mass Vegas, like the Massholia, if you will, takeover of Las Vegas this weekend with Patriots fans everywhere, at the Wynn, at the Mirage, uh, at the MGM, Delano, everywhere. They're all over. They dominated Las Vegas all weekend long. Yeah, not um, on the field. It, 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 literally, just all they could, all they couldn't do was bring that energy. We had a thousand Patriots fans last night at the Mandalay Bay at the rally getting ready, but the Patriots were not able to play with anything resembling the energy that their fans brought. It was such a bad first half, too. And of course, what did the Raiders do? The Raiders had previously blown four leads in the second half. The only team in NFL history to have four double-digit leads in. The second half blown uh, on the way to defeat. And then tonight, it looks like they're going to do their fifth. And then I even think that the, the final play of the game, um, as unbelievable and infamous as it will be now, like the, the top ten worst play of the – don't even bother with nine other plays on the top ten worst plays of 2022. Like, that's it. But, like, <laughs> have you guys made a bit – how much have you guys made of that final defensive stand when it was 24-17 because – Whatever defense they called on fourth and ten to just whatever it was, cover two, cover three, like padding it so that they just don't give up a big play, uh, indefensible. Unbelievable that they gave up 15 yards on fourth and ten with a minute and a half left. They were terrible that whole drive. They just got lucky. Darren Waller got a pass defense on a ball that would have been a big play touchdown to Devontae Adams. Uh, Mac Hollins had a ball hit him in the fingertips. Then Derek Carr missed Mac Hollins wide open down the middle of the field. And then they finally got – actually – the most well-covered one is the one where they ended up scoring the touchdown in the corner to Cole. Yeah. But before we wrap this up with you, Fitzy, and I let you get to your yeah, drinking in airport, um, I'm going to finish with a Fitzy joke. I just got a flight home. Yeah, that's all good. I'm done. I'm done for the night. There is no soul. There is no anything left, Andy. A husk of a human will be available to you tomorrow morning from 10 a to 2 p.m. on the midday show on WEI. So but you, I'll be there. Don't you doubt. Oh, I'll be there, and I'll be ready to go, baby. So you had T-Pain at halftime and just pain after the final whistle. <laughs> that's pretty Can good. I feel huh? that for Big that's One a, that's not in the bad, morning? Actually. It's actually not bad. And <laughs> not I keep bad. telling Kyrie, I keep efforting these really bad dad jokes that I I'm, I'm want to do, but no matter how Ooh. bad they are, They'll they can't be, be worse than the Patriots. So I'm never going to be that bad talking about the Patriots tonight because the Patriots were that much worse in all three phases. And Fitzy got to witness it firsthand. And as he just teased, tomorrow from 10 to 2, you will get an extension of the Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI or a comeback of Fitzy and Hot. Fitzy and Hot from the old days. So Fitzy, tell all your friends to screw off and have a good night. Hey, Andy, Kyrie, guys, great job holding down the Six Rings post-game show tonight. Now at least I finally know what it was like to stare into the new attraction here in Las Vegas inside the Ark of the Covenant the strip at Allegiant Stadium. 
That was the worst, but you guys are the best. Good night, and you, I'm brother. dead inside. Good night, and take care. <laughs> See ya. That is Nick Fitzy Stevens, who's supposed to be the positive one on the Six Rings postgame show, but he's failing to hold up his end of the bargain after taking uh, the kick in the groin that the rest of Patriot Nation took, uh, many of them in the house at Allegiant Stadium for the 30-24 to loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh McDaniels gets the better of Bill Belichick yet again. The Raiders are still in the playoff hunt. The Patriots... Technically, you're still in the playoff <laughs> sure. hunt, but yeah. realistically are just about toasted. 617-779-7937. Six Rings postgame show. Kelly, Steve, Dan, we are continuing to take your calls to commiserate and break down the breakdown of the New England Patriots here on the Six Rings postgame show. Hey, it's Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of the day. Your weekly source for all things New England Patriots right on time. Your time. In the car? Navigate the streets of the NFL offseason with wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. To the oh, I, I thought Tom Brady was coming back. Wasn't this Tom Brady's song when he was reading? It was, but we got something better. We have something better. We're going to go to the uh, the phones now and talk to the most honest expatriate in the media today. Let's go. W-E-E-I's own Christian Fourier. Christian, was that the ugliest loss of the Belichick era? Ooh, man. I would say... From beginning to end, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Mm. The crazy thing, guys, is that if it wasn't for that last play, there were still like 10 other plays that you could sit there and say, what the hell are they thinking? Yep. I mean, right? I mean, like, this the block punt, yeah. the, the, the first and goal at the two. Yeah. I mean, it really is, at this point in time, they deserve every last bit of criticism that they that they deserve it. Every last bit, everything that people say about them, how they respond, how what they how they answer questions. It's open season on them. It's open season on the Patriots and the players, really. Absolutely. And the coaches, very importantly, and that's where oh, I want to wow. go. As yep. as the only yep. man on this phone right now that we're talking to that once shared a huddle with Tom Brady and took direction from Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and everybody else. Is it possible? What do you think transpired on the final play? Were they told to lateral the ball? Were they not told to not lateral the ball? What could have possibly led to that debacle? Okay, this was all improv, and this was all, like, uh, spur of the moment. When you have a call like this, if it's, if, uh, if it's, if it's called, hey, uh, like I say, if you're usually a play like this is called when you're down three yes. and you can't make it, so you start lateraling like crazy. Like the fact that it was done when the score was tied and you knew you were going into overtime yes. leads me to believe that all these guys acted alone. <gasps> they all acted alone. It started with Stevenson, stupid decision, made even worse by Jacoby Myers, yeah. like tenfold worse than Jacoby Myers. Um, no, nobody tells you that it's kind of understood. You know, we don't, we're not, since when are we freelancing? Since when are we taking matters into our own hands? Because we, the players, think we know better. That's the underlining, like, you know, massive issue that is brewing underneath, you know, Gillette Stadium right now. It's like, 
since when do you say, you know what, I know what I'll do. We've never practiced this, and God forbid Bill would never tell us to do this. I'm going to do it anyways, right? So Stevenson does it, and then Jacoby Myers naturally reacts and says, well, I guess this is what we're doing. I'm going to do it also. I'm about to be tackled. I know. I'll throw it 30 yards behind me to Matt Jones, who's standing there alone. Like, it's, it's almost incomprehensible, to be honest with you. Yes, that's how I would say it. And you know what? You brought up the fact that it was a tied game. It just feels like a loser mentality to me. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Let's panic and, and, and act like we're desperate. And, and I think that part really, really gets me. We haven't talked as much about Mac Jones mm. as, as I thought we would. But I, I want to ask you about this because I feel like I've tried to have perspective on what Mac Jones is working with from an offensive coaching standpoint, from what's going on around him. And I haven't been on this idea that, oh, yeah, he's terrible. You just got to get rid of him. But he just wasn't very good today, even with all of the things that were happening around him that were bad. And also more frustration. How big of a problem is this performance by Mac Jones? Where he only, what, 112 yards? Yes, 112 yards. How big of a problem is this performance in your eyes? And is there any possibility that they really are breaking this kid? Um, Well, I would say... Uh, he was not good, okay? But, again, we can get into the weeds with that. So the, the, the misfire, uh, first and goal at the two, uh, the throw to um, Johnny Smith, John yeah. Smith was a bad throw. Yep. But it yep. was a shitty – sorry, it was a crappy route. It was you, a crappy what route. What are you doing? You're a professional. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm so hyped up right now. I'm so sorry. Dump that. So the throw to Johnny Smith, goal line. Crappy route, crappy throw. He threw the ball out of bounds. He's not even close. Yeah, it's like three um, yards out of bounds. Yeah, there was a couple other plays where he threw it too high, and he, he was like expected Kobe Myers to make this circus catch, yep. throwing some balls out of bounds on go routes, uh, throwing balls behind uh, you know uh, Nelson Aguilar, even when he was open. And I tell you what, guys, oh my God, I got I got to write all these things down. The most stunning thing, startling thing to me, was that. At the end of the game, okay, the ball was on, what, the 45-yard line, the, yeah. uh, the, uh, the Patriots' 45-yard line. Why not throw a Hail Mary pass? Well, Bill says he can't, we can't make it that far. We can't throw it that far. Yeah. That's, that's technically a 55-yard pass if he throws it at the line of scrimmage. If he's five yards back, it turns into a 60-yard throw. I have a bum shoulder. I, I can tell you I can make it at least 45 yards. Oh, really? I can, I can make it 45 yards. At least. I may throw it out. This guy's in the NFL. I, so I don't believe him. I don't believe Bill. I don't believe that Mac. The reason they did that is because they didn't think Mac could throw it. What a diss to Mac. You're basically telling the entire NFL that, uh, that Rex Ryan was right. Your quarterback has a noodle arm. He can't throw a 55 yards. Yeah, it was, it was, That's at, the way the 40, it was it. at the 45-yard line, like you said. So that is a 55-yard throw if he does it at the line of scrimmage. And probably, at worst, a 60-yard throw, which is apparently what worst. they were working on all offseason with Tom House. Yeah. Where Tom House was telling us, oh, yeah, he can uncork uh, you know, several 60-yard throws if need be in a game. Mac Laguini Arm Jones is his new nickname. Christian, before we let you go, I have one last question. It's similar to Kyrie's question. 
but it's for the team as a whole because I saw some, I think you just used the word alarming, just some alarming plays out there. You know, certainly the Adrian Phillips touchdown where he got killed by Waller and then McCourty is coming to the sideline yelling, and I don't even know what was going on there. We still have Mac yelling. Is this team broken? They have that's a tough loss in kicking the nuts in Vegas. They have three games where they are not the better team. They're inferior. They're expected to lose. Do you think they'll even put up a fight, or does this team have a chance to lose out? See, I think you're you hit on it. So, like, they're saying all the right things. Like, we can't let this divide us. We can't splinter. We got to stick together. The problem is, is that when you get into these, you know, critical situations and you're dealing with adversity in real time, suddenly it becomes reestablished that you can't overcome it, that you are going to do something stupid, that you are going to jump off sides, that you are going to, you know, call the play wrong. Yep. Like, all that stuff gets reestablished and it gets, you know, and it gets, it's it's stuck in your brain. And I don't, I think that is hard to overcome. It's like, they've sunk so low. Like, I just don't know. Like if everything doesn't go perfect, I think they fold. And I I just think they do. And it's really, man, pretty sad that uh, that's what we're dealing with, which I would think was a pretty proud team with a lot of significant established uh, experience leadership where it's too late. This is what teams that, that lose like this, it's almost like a self-deprecating mentality. You know, it's like, oh, no, here we go again. Like, oh, no, we're going to do something stupid. And they almost, like, will it into existence. Like, that's a real phenomenon. It happens all the time. And then once you once it starts, good luck stopping it. It just, you can't. It's a freight train. Well, you can't slow it down. You, you know where that's been happening most of the year is is in Las Vegas with the Raiders, and they were Actually, yeah. they, they were thinking it was happening again because you had the Duggar pick six, which brought you back, injected life into your team, and made them start to question themselves. You came back, you took the lead, and then they they are even they tie it, but they're like struggling to do so. They're throwing missing wide open receivers. You got Waller batting a ball down that could have landed in Devontae. Like you kicked one away against a team that is the one that usually kicks the game away. Historically, four of them, double-digit leads, second half, they lost for the, the the first time in NFL history. So that's why I wonder, is this almost like the bottoming out and the resignation week where we stink, as you just said in your Eeyore voice, oh, no, we stink. Oh, here it goes again. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, it is a, it's a real thing. We'll be doing it all day tomorrow because it, it's like – you just know that it's going to go bad. You know, it's just, oh, Matt's not going to get to play in on time. <laughs> Nobody likes us. Right? There's like 100 examples of that. And just real quick, and then I'll jump off. Okay. The Waller the touchdown bridge? was really kind of interesting to me because you see Waller talking to Carr, almost saying, this chump thinks he can guard me and there's no safety help. Yep. There's, there's, uh, McCordy was so out of the middle of the field. Yep. A guy like that that has such so much success beating bump coverage against a guy that is smaller and slower than him really is the, the whole scheme and philosophy was flawed from the beginning. Like, how does that even happen? They're just waiting for that opportunity, just like Duggar was waiting for the opportunity by studying film to jump the route and get a touchdown off of it. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I can't sleep. Well, I'm an ambient. 
I'm, I'm sure you'll fall asleep. Have a little alcohol. Take yeah, some drugs. Do, do what you need to do. You swore on the radio. You helped us out for a little bit, I so know. I appreciate it. You brought the energy yeah. that we always expect from Christian Fourier, and you opened up the – we hadn't done a lot, spent a lot of time uh, criticizing the defensive coaching. Indeed. So now that we let you go, we will break down why Darren Waller was one-on-one with Adrian Phillips to score an early touchdown that helped to lead to the Patriots' loss. But Christian Fourier, we oh, appreciate or, – or, 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 or. Or Marcus Jones being uh, being being taken advantage of, and them not doing anything on the last series. That's the other one, and that's it. Okay, make sure you write all these down on your legal pad because yes. you got a long show tomorrow, and you can get through all of them before you talk to Mac Jones. Right? That ought to be a lot of fun. Oh, can't wait! <laughs> can't wait! All, all right, boys. See, see you, ya. Christian. Appreciate Thank you, man. Don't have a you know what night. Have a good night. I still can't believe he swore as a professional that he is on the air. But everybody is emotional. Everybody is worked up. That's the one thing we can say for the last two and a half hours. That's here. how you know it's real radio, man. It's passion, baby. It's yes. passion on the Six Rings post game show. Patriots thirty to twenty four loss in Las Vegas. We are going to go back to the phones when we get back from a break. So Steve, hang on the line because I've been looking at your subject line before all the other calls, and it says stay positive. And for the final segment Don't of the night, worry. we are going to indeed stay positive. Be- courtesy of Steve, or maybe me. I also will offer up a positive take on tonight's game. 617-779-7937. The Six Rings post-game show and shoe plows on to the 10 o'clock hour. Now, back to the Six Rings post-game show on WEEI. Yes, well done. Thank you so much for catching that. Back here for that was a layup. Makes my job easy. Yes. Back here for the final positive segment of the Six Rings postgame show. We've spent the last two-plus hours breaking down the breakdown of the New England Patriots in a 30-24 to loss in Las Vegas to the Raiders, fall to 7-on-7. Seven seven. And technically, they're still in the playoff picture, but realistically, uh, no, the road don't be, is a No, tough be one. happy. Don't be worry. happy. That's right. You just got three yeah. more games to play. You win them all. Be you will be ten and seven, and I think you'll be in the postseason. Steve in Centerville has been holding on for a long time, and he is going to lead the positive final segment here of the Six Rings post game show. Appreciate appreciate taking my call. I mean, this is not a good team. And <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! And Positivity, so fact- Steve. So, but that's where we need to be positive. This is a seven and seven team. We've been so lucky because now the band aid's been ripped off, and we actually see what's underneath by what occurred in this game. The fact that we're seven and seven is that's the miracle. The Hanukkah miracle was not that touchdown. It's that this team, with what we're seeing, is actually seven and seven. And let's be clear. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. The Pats are going to give Cincinnati a good game on this weekend. I actually think, you know, I'm I'm in with the money. I'm going to see what the spread is. But I like the idea of them, you know, at least covering the spread against Cincy. And, you know, why not against Miami? Why not playoffs at 9-8? and Yes, deeply dysfunctional team. Another point to be positive about. There can be no question that this coaching staff is completely over its head. So many things that happened today. That's positive. If it wasn't out in the open, everybody sees it now. 
Thanks for thanks for listening to me. All right, thanks for the call, Steve, and thanks for the attempt at, at on the first night of Hanukkah. It's a miracle in Las Vegas. Appreciate the positivity or I your did, attempt at. I'm not sure you have a, a future yeah, in motivational I, speaking. No, I I'm not sure I'm like ready to run through a brick wall for the Patriots right now. Uh, so the miracle is that they're seven and seven. Now I will say there was a narrative this week where people were talking about they were rooting for. Mac Jones and Matt Patricia in the offense to continue to struggle and maybe get worse down the stretch so that there could be no bring back Matt. Oh, they actually found themselves over the last four or five weeks. You know, it took Matt a little while, but he's figured it out late in the year. Mac and Matt would be back and that Robert Kraft might allow that. I think that is one aspect of this. Now, I thought all along Patricia was done, would be reassigned within the organization at some point this offseason. They will have a new play caller and offensive leader next year. But the way this is going, as you said, 13 of 31 for 112 yards in, in Las Vegas against a bad defense. That's not a good defense. Right. And, and these performances, there is no explanation in my mind where Robert Kraft goes, so Bill, what's the plan with the offensive coaching staff? And Bill responds with, what do you mean? We got Matt and we got Joe. No. And that Robert can accept that. If that's the, if that's the response, then we're going to have a problem and maybe force changes on the coaching staff and who knows where that goes. Let me give you my attempt at, at Let's positivity. Go. Let's go. It can't get worse than that performance in, in Vegas. This was one of those juice cleanses, and the system is clean, baby. All three phases got it out of their system. They sucked. They bottomed out. There's no place to go but up against the Bengals on Saturday. Gillette Stadium, who, by the way, Cincinnati favored by four. Cincinnati minus four, Gillette. I think I could take that bit of optimism right there in terms of just... What could happen against the Cincinnati Bengals? I don't know that they're necessarily going to get absolutely throttled. Um, I do think that uh, if the Buffalo Bills decide that they want to actually play that Week 18 game seriously, then yes, this really could get a whole lot worse. Oh yeah, and I and I, and I, I think it will. I, I'll say this: when when it comes to the offensive corner thing, obviously we've probably each been asked this a bunch of times. Would the Patriots possibly just run it back? I feel like the the question that I'm kicking around in my mind is. Under what circumstances do you think this offense could improve enough to, to make that viable? This, there was nothing about this offense that's going to be fixed. They, they have been making the same mistakes. They have had the same production, the same level of output for weeks now. This is what they are. There is no getting noticeably better from this. It's not going to happen. So this final positive segment of the Six Rings Post Game Show here in our Best Yet Brand Studios is brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi. That's Z-U-D-Y dot com for your free trial. And we need to get to, and this is a tough one, we need to get to the Patriots Player of the Game. The Patriots Player of the Game is brought to you by Cars for Kids, the easy way to donate your car. Donate today and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. I wonder if you could have a football team picked up. Just have a whole team picked up. Say, I want to get rid of this team and call Cars for Kids and get a tax rebate. Uh, anyway, the Patriots player of the game, can I say Ramondre Stevenson? That's what, what I was going to say. Are there? I think it's either Ramondre Stevenson or Kyle Duggar. That's it. That's Kyle Duggar you, for the it. pick six that jump-started the comeback that fell flat in the end. And Ramondre Stevenson had a great night running the football. He did not start the game. It looked like he maybe was going to be limited a little bit, and then there was no limitations in his production. He ran the ball 19 times for 172 yards, including a 34-yard touchdown, 9.1-yard average. 
right up until the final fateful play, the draw play with three seconds left that turned into the lateral play that turned into Fitzy and the rest of Patriot Nation's biggest nightmare. But Cars for Kids, they're our sponsor. They need a player of the game, and they get Ramondre Stevenson, although I am a little bit concerned that Christian Fourier brought up the idea that this was schoolyard instincts, going rogue, um, I still don't think that should have been allowed to happen. That should have been no. prevented by the coaches. Of, of course not. I mean, and, and the more I watch it, it seems very clear that Jacoby Myers was not expecting a lateral. Nobody was expecting a lateral because Jacoby Myers was blocking seconds before that happens. Right. And he's just kind of trailing the play, sort of jogging because the play is now in front of him. And then all of a sudden, Ramondre just tosses the ball back and he just instinctively catches it and, I, and panics and freaks out. So no, why was- didn't he instinctively just go down? Or at least just run forward, and when you're tackled, you're down. Because panic, as we talked about. Panic sets in, and you revert to what, whatever your... Lack yes. of training. Yes, lack, lack, of, lack training of training instead of your training. And, and it, it brings me back to this thing that I've been kicking around with you off-air a couple of times here. There's that line in Remember the Titans when you know, they're, at, you know, they're, they're, at, they're at camp, right? They're at Gettysburg, and they're over there trying to bond as a team. And Gary Bertier and Julius Campbell over there, you know, taking shots at each other. And, you know, dude's like, I'm just going to get mine. Like, no, no one on this team is playing. No one's playing for each other. You know, th- what is this? Like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And he's like, that's the worst attitude I've ever heard. That's coming from Gary Bertier. And, and it, Campbell hesitates for a minute and says, attitude reflects leadership, Captain. And everything about the lack of preparation, the lack of fight early in the game, because that's another thing that that hasn't gotten talked about. Two weeks in a row, they have come out ridiculously flat in the first half. And that's where you've seen a lot of Mac Jones histrionics and flailing. And you've heard him talk about it. This Nita, I got to fire up my team. Because apparently no one else is going to do it unless Mac Jones is going to be, you know, freaking out and having a conniption. And, And so you're looking at that and then the lack of situational football. The fact that, as you've mentioned, you have a bunch of people just apparently thinking that, that, that it's all over, that doom and gloom is inevitable. That is on your coaching staff. That is on your leadership. Bill Belichick did not have to have it this way. He did not have to do this. But, but blame him. Blame Because this is his creation. Him. His creation is 7-7. Seven and seven. His creation has three games to go where they will all be underdogs. They could uh, lose all three. This team feels like a broken football team, as Christian Fourier stated. And Bill Belichick will answer. Mm, He'll be asked questions. He will be asked. Tomorrow morning, according to the PR department from the Patriots, around 745 on the Greg Hill Show. We'll see if he expands on any of the mistakes that were made on certain plays. This has been the Six Rings post-game show. Patriots 30-24 to loss in Las Vegas in just debilitating fashion. For Kyrie Thompson, I'm Andy Hart. Appreciate, appreciate you, Justin Turpin, behind the glass back there, even though you bullied Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers just a little bit. All week, we'll be here on WEEI, the Fitzy and Hart program. Tomorrow, 10 to 2, we'll get it going, talking about a terrible loss for the Patriots and a terrible end to the season. Six Rings postgame, out.